You're listening to the Palmetto Report. I'm Matthew Sheely. And I'm Christian Smith. And today we're joined by Chase Duncan, Managing Editor of The Johnsonian, here to talk with us a little bit about some bylaw changes to the Winthrop Board of Trustees. Chase, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, why don't you give us a rundown on uh, the changes for the bylaws? Yeah, um, so uh, this happened uh, July 2021-ish, the month of July 2021, but uh, previously with how this relates to student and faculty representation, Uh, previous to this... um, there were there were two positions um, for that representative the student and faculty respectively so, uh, student a student representative and a faculty representative these two positions would sit at the board of trustees at the table they wouldn't vote on stuff but they could they were sitting at the table um, they could uh, advocate for their ideas whenever and um, yeah they were officially part of the board they had their own name tags and everything um, with the bylaw changes that came uh, after July 2021, uh, they passed a resolution for it. Um, you can find it on the website, but it doesn't really list much of the, or really any of the information other than language modifications. Um, but if you actually look at the changes, what it does is um, make uh, cr- create uh, three uh, liaisons instead uh, for, uh, for the stu- student, uh, faculty, and staff. Um, these is for the CSL president, um, represents the students, the chair of the faculty conference represents the uh, faculty, and the chair of the staff conference, I think, represents staff. Um, and these liaisons can be called con- called upon by the board of trustees to speak on certain issues, but they are not part of the board of trustees. They are not assumed to be default, sit at the table, or be uh, a part of any issues. They have to be ex- explicitly invited by the board of trustees. So um, with an article I'm working on right now that will um, be out in the uh, last issue of the Johnsonian, um, I kind of look at, like, what is it um, about current uh, university uh, needs that is met by reducing the rights of uh, student uh, and faculty and staff representatives? So you cover a lot of the... um Board of Trustees meetings, you're at a lot of those, correct? Yes, I've been covering them for the past uh, year and a half of the Johnsonian. So what changes have you seen since these bylaws have gone to effect, into effect? Yeah, so like I said, before um, before uh, July 2021, uh, you would always see uh, a, stu- a faculty and student representative uh, sitting at the board of trustees table with them. They had a name tag. They um, they, they would talk about their issues. And it was, it was I, it asked me, it was like dignified. You could really see them there. And we were, we were part of that decision-making process, even if they weren't allowed to vote on it. But now afterwards, and I saw this personally at the meeting last Friday, uh, April 8th, um, the student and faculty representatives um, now sit just kind of with the audience um, and when they're called upon to speak about issues, because they still are at the end of the, I think generally just the last meeting of an academic year, they're called upon to speak about uh, certain issues uh, regarding their uh, whatever they're representing. Um, they just kind of spoke from where they were sitting. They weren't called up. They weren't given a seat, really anything. And it was just kind of, it was very odd, I'll say, to see that, you know. So, Chase, at the meetings you've been to before the, the bylaw change, did the did the faculty and student uh, positions, like, did they speak up a lot? Is, do you think that's a big difference? Well, like I said, um, so um, when it comes to stuff, uh, we're not allowed to be yet, but only uh, beforehand, they would be, they were allowed to be a part of the executive session. 
Um, I think generally just like uh, they assumed that they, they were allowed to be on, be sitting in on those conversations and uh, they could, behind the scenes that we don't know about, speak about issues if they thought there were anything there. They were at least in the room with them. Mm-hmm. But now um, they are not in the room with them. Uh, on those executive sessions, they are only called in to speak on certain issues and then they leave. Um, and with, I, like I said, I've, uh, I, I, I went on my way to talk to some of these st- uh, student and faculty represent- representatives, and in particular the faculty representative said that um, even though she she does not sit at the table with them, she still feels that like the the, the actual do- that she's able to perform her job without sitting at the table with them, you know, and that they, even though it looks it looks bad, um, she thinks that the, that there's still work being done, um, but it is a question of like why aren't they at the table, you know. Even though um, that faculty representative believes that she's still doing her job um, effectively, right? Yeah. Um, what wider implications do you think this could have for the university? Um, well, I think um, this is just my opinion as someone who's actually been to these board trustees meetings the past year and a half. I think you've seen uh, slowly but surely the board seem less and less invested on having the public be. There are obviously still public sessions, but executive session takes place earlier. Um, the way they send out emails, they kind of just say, like, it's kind of this implication of, like, you don't really need to come to anything uh, before the executive session because nothing's going to be done. Um, and you've seen stuff like with, say, Winthrop Tennis or with some of the public comments that took place at the recent meeting that um, that the opinions, they'll hear the opinions, but they're only given, like, three minutes to speak on those opinions. And I think that, like, seeing that uh, the our student and faculty rep- representatives are not being are not allowed to sit at these tables and having less rights have less rights there. I think that's and I think it's indicative of like how our board sees us personally. And I think and even if uh, stuff's getting done behind the scenes, I think I still think that there is. I don't think there's a reason why they shouldn't be allowed to have that position as, at the board because we're the ones who make up this community and make it what it is. So, have any of the other board members uh, expressed their thoughts on the the bylaw change? Uh, yeah, at the recent uh, board of trustee meeting, um, at the very end, as like it was kind of just say, like, is there anything else we want to talk about? It's kind of just more like a almost always no one really says anything. It's just kind of like an informal thing of like, hey, wrap it up, whatever. Um, uh, board member Jane LaRoche, who unlike many of the board members, I think there's only like two or three who are elected this way. She was elected to the board of trustees by the Alumni Association, not the General Assembly South Carolina, which is made up by our senators and uh, representatives. She was represented by the Lemonite Association. Um, she kind of called out the board and said um, that uh, we need to have the student and faculty representatives at the table. And I think that kind of opens up a conversation. When even like there's board members who aren't fully okay with this um, behind this decision uh, to kind of look at like what what's going on behind the scenes. What do the people, the student and faculty representatives who were there, what do they think about the situation? Do they, like, do they think it matters and just get the general opinion of people, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's valuable on its own, no matter what uh, anyone in the Winthrop administration might have to say about that. Has she um, been a member of the board who generally goes with the decisions, or has she been a, a common um, center among the board? Um, so I've seen I, I've seen at least one other occasion where she has. Um, kind of just called a gun against the grain, especially with the Glenn McCall. Um, there was one uh, incident about a year ago where this was um, the same, the same like student faculty, like wrap up thing. This was but with Adolfo Spelk and um, the previous uh, CSL president. But um, 
as a CSL, I think it was as the faculty representative was talking about his um, his issues. He had a lot of issues. He had a lot to talk about because we were during COVID. Um, he was eventually told as near the end to kind of wrap it up and like hurry it up by Glenn McCall. And then, um, yeah, so he did. He didn't have much else to say, but it was like kind of, he asked me, it was really, really rude, especially when this is like, you know, listening to the concerns of like the faculty. And then Jane LaRoche is like, hey, we shouldn't, we need to be listening to, we, we, we do not need to be cutting them off. We need to be listening to them and like hearing our like faculty. And then Glenn was like, well, we did hear them, you know, so no one's saying we're not good. We don't want to listen to them. It's like, yeah, um, and then there was actually a Herald, Herald article out there about Jane LaRoche publicly disagreeing with the board's decision to hire um, interim president George Hind. Mm. Um, so yeah, there's a, a Herald article and journalistic like precedent, I guess, to like, to Jane LaRoche saying this kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? interesting. So, in attending board meetings, ha- has there been anything else you've seen that's kind of taken some board members aback and, and caused? Uh, a little controversy like this? So I think a big thing would probably be the Save Winthrop Tennis uh, movement. Um, there um, there was another incident with public comment um, where about seven members of the Save Winthrop Tennis movement, that was uh, Winthrop students um, who weren't part of Winthrop Tennis. There were Winthrop uh, tennis athletes who had lost their sports team. Um, there were foreign students who were tennis players who had uh, gotten scholarships play and come to Winthrop during co- and chose to come back to Winthrop during COVID um, to play tennis, and then they lost their 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 team. They were just kind of at Winthrop not able to play tennis. There was alumni. There was all sorts of people, and about, about seven in all. But like all of them are very varied and diverse. And they were given about I think three minutes each to talk about um, their individual issues. And there was an incident where um, and yeah, it, no matter where they were at their speech, after three minutes they were cut off and told to sit down. And there was an incident where um, some people who they were they were part of one of the tennis and they wanted to speak, um, but they were not given the, the invite was sent to their spam, and they sent it. They responded to the spam, uh, the or the to the the email to you know sign up to speak the day of, and they were not allowed to speak because rules and the they said that the you know that we have our we already moved on the session and stuff. It was just really scummy, if you ask me, and. Um, yeah, it's like another thing. Is again, it's always that question of like, how much do they actually care about public comment? Like, how they do the point where they weren't, they aren't even to go willing to go back in the t- like the minutes of their meeting just to like hear up students, you know? Yeah. So, um, with all that being said, what changes will you make um, to either the bylaws or just to the general culture of the board um, if you were in charge of it? Um, I, I, there's obviously, I can't say there's one right way to run a university, especially during COVID, but it's just like, basically like listening to students and faculty should like, that should just be like unstated to make, make sense. But like that, again, it seems like the board is just more and more uninterested in that. So I I would just literally stop. It it sounds like counterintuitive. I would literally say, just stop doing what they're doing right now because it's like, I that's that's been I think I just think it's wrong and it's counterintuitive to running a good university. And I think it's just like a thing of like a, a, apathy, I think. I don't know. I don't know if it's like malice, but like maybe apathy and I I if I can curb that with my writing, that's my goal. Yeah. Why do you think that the board has a sort of this general apathy that you describe for the university? 
I mean, this is just my opinion. I, I think it's clear that Jane, I think Jane LaRoche caring so much about her university and being willing to speak about this stuff, I think it's inherently linked to the fact that she was elected to the board of trustees by our alumni association. And um, I, I think with, at least with the main people who I think I see as the aggressors on like student and faculty representation, uh, Kathy Bigham and um, Glenn McCall, both of them were elected by the uh, General Assembly of, of South Carolina. And that I'm not, I could say a thing about our running political body, but I'm not going to because I really don't need to. And because I don't think I need to say that to make a point that I think them being ele- elected just by the General Assembly doesn't mean that they're like invested. Uh, does that inherently mean that they're invested or that they ha- know anything about our community? You know, they're not the ones living here. They are just like assume that they know stuff about this sort of stuff. And I think that they need. I think it needs to be shown that these board trustees are like putting in work to understand us, you know, because other they don't really seem to do much other than come to like they come to the trustee meeting or the board trustee meetings, kind of act like smug and like almost seem like above us, you know, and seem anathema to listening to uh, the opinions of students, students and uh, faculty beyond beyond their cushy home and like executive session, which they and they they love. I can say that objectively, they love they love executive session. Well, that wraps us up. Chase, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. That was Chase Duncan, managing editor of The Johnsonian, telling us a little bit about uh, some changes in the bylaw of the Winthrop Board of Trustees. You're listening to the Palmetto Report.